Yo, 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 what's good, everybody, man? Welcome to the Fast Break. You know what it is. It's your boy, Caleb, Coach K, Faith Walker K, Quality of Life. I go by many names, man, but we follow the name, which is above all names, man. I'm here with two of my good friends right now. I want you guys to go ahead and introduce yourself into the Fast Break. Let the Fast Break party know who you guys are. So, who's up first, man? What's going on? What's up, everybody? It's Morris Barco. I am here on behalf of Morris B. Cinema and Clear Path Studios. You know what it is. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Jay Savells, man. I'm here on behalf of uh, uh, your boy, uh, Caleb Entertainment, Coach K. Just here to celebrate and, uh, and just have a good time, man. Let's talk about some sports, man. Man, what's going on, man? Again, man, those are two of my good friends here. Uh, we want to thank the, the people over at Vision Academy for just going and being uh, sponsors of this podcast. Let you know that it is being brought to you via Vision Academy, where the vision is clear. So, so for anybody who hasn't been living under a rock, understanding that we are in quarantine right now, understanding with the COVID-19, the pandemic that's going on, I'm pretty sure... That everyone has heard of the last dance. Are we correct in saying that, fellas? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, man. So let's get into it. The Last Dance is a a mini document series, ten episodes highlighting the rise of the nineteen nineties Bulls, um, specifically the ninety seven ninety eight Bulls, the quote unquote greatest dynasty in the NBA history. Um, some say that the Last Dance was a bridge between two eras. Now, when we think about the footage of the last dance. This is something that Michael Jordan held on to as far as footage for 18 long years. All right. The director, Mike Tallin, the guy who actually presented this to Michael Jordan, he actually took a, a whim. He took a flight from Los Angeles, California to Charlotte, North Carolina, June 21st, 2016. Um, it was the day of or the day after, if I'm not mistaken, of the Cavs winning their title against the quote-unquote greatest regular season team, the Golden State Warriors, at 73-9. and They were taken down after losing the series three games to one. LeBron James showed his prowess and took over the league by first time ever coming back from three games to one in the finals. That was the time when Michael Jordan decided to release the footage that we see now of the last dance. Now, I bring back Mike Tolan jumping out on the whim, leaving from L.A., going to Charlotte. He had no idea that Michael Jordan would agree to this because he wasn't even supposed to meet with Michael Jordan. Mike Tolan, he um, was a part of some films that we all know, Coach Carter, uh, which is one of the most famous films that a lot of people didn't understand that the guy who directed this is also the guy who directed Coach Carter. And a plethora of the 30 for 30 films, including the one with Allen Iverson, the Allen Iverson story. Um, just to fast forward us up to there, like uh, during the Cavs parade, uh, Michael Jordan decided to release this footage after 18 years, man. So I want to get into the question, guys, like during this pandemic, this COVID-19, how important was this documentary to air now? Why do you think Jordan decided to air it now? Well, um, I'll go ahead and start off. Uh, I think this documentary was very important, uh, not just for the basketball world, but for the entire world itself. And I say that because not only due to the current pandemic, uh, but also for those who take pride 
and demand the absolute best from themselves and, and, and those around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I think it absolutely, uh, it, it has the same impact uh, that Jordan has the same impact today as he did when he first stepped into the league. Um, especially on, on, on my life because growing up, everybody wanted to be like Mike. Uh, so for I want to be like Mike. Exactly, I want to <laughs> be like Mike. They even had the the jingle going on. Sometimes I dream that he is me. I don't know if you guys remember that uh, with the Gatorade commercial. The Gatorade commercial, yes. Mm-hmm. So, oh, wow. okay. uh, for you to be able to revisit somewhat of of past history, you know, it brings back a sense of my childhood um, to the current day. So, I think it was one time. Uh, if my memory serves me correctly, this project wasn't supposed to be released until what was it this summer? This summer, yeah, June, yeah, uh, yeah. So I think he did take into account, and ESPN took it into in consideration. Uh, you know, the stay-at-home orders for a majority of this country. So um, it was on time. Um, the wait is over, and people. The wait is over. I like that. The, the wait, the is, wait over. is over. You know, yeah. we're actually seeing, especially for the basketball world, um, the true legacy that he has left behind even to this day. So I think it was very important for people to act to not only know their history of of basketball, but how the game was changed and where it all started. Yeah, facts. Yeah, I agree 100 percent behind Mo, man. Uh, I think uh, we also have to look at interviews in, you know, the basketball world. As a basketball right now, basketball family, the NBA season, there's no NBA season. 2019, 2020 NBA season right now is is gone. Like, and we don't know what's no coming NBA. back. No NBA. No NBA. And you can't imagine no basketball. Like, it's every, what, Sunday primetime, Sunday, uh, Wednesday night basketball, and Saturday night basketball. I mean, man, those were, it's just like everyone's tuned in. Everyone's watching basketball and and watching greatness uh, perform at its best, watching the great mm-hmm. players go at it. I mean, we got top, you know, we got the top teams right now. You know, L.A. Lakers, they're saying that they are stripped for, away from their, their title this year. And we don't know how true that is, really. But, I mean. Now, we all know that's true, man. The uh, Lakers was definitely on, on tap to and, win and, an I mean, NBA championship. It's, that's, a, that's, 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 that's a different topic, Caleb. I mean, we, we, we know how that is. I mean, you know. That's a whole nother topic right there, but right, man. I don't want to get off the tangent. Man. I don't want to get the tangent off the tangent. about Mike. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But for Mike to drop this last dance, to understand the history, like Mo said, the understanding of what each player contributed to this Bulls team, and how the Bulls won the sixth title. I mean, man, it's legendary. It's something that we yeah. can never forget. Something we should never, we should always understand and 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 understand what Mike actually had to go through. And also just showing that Mike wasn't the only one on this team that performed greatness. Like, come mm-hmm. on now. You got Scotty. You got Dingo and Dennis Rodman. I mean, you got other guys who contributed to this team that made history. You got Steve mm-hmm. Kerr hitting a big shot against Utah. I mean, yeah. come on, man. I, th- I think the – I think the the uh, before we move on, I think the, the best thing that we've gotten so far out of just the first two episodes is – when we think of basketball, we think just go out there, lace up our sneakers, hit the hardwood floor, and put up as many buckets as we can. Mm-hmm. But with this last dance, 
it's showing the drama behind it. Yes. The drama behind basketball. Being great. Yeah. Being great. This is the Look. price that you have to pay to not only win championships, but to make everybody happy right. or try your best. And you also get to see that on the professional level, that basketball is a dirty game. A dirty game. Not, not only physically, but financially. Oh, everything. <laughs> Let's talk about everything. it. Talk about it. That's talk, true. Talk about it. I mean, just think about it, man. Like, I, I know the biggest issue right now everybody is talking about. Well, not biggest issue. The biggest topic that everyone's talking about right now is Scottie Pippen signing a seven-year deal. Yeah, but before we get to that, before out. we get to that, before we get to that, man, let's continuously to, like, think about The Last Dance as a 10-part documentary series, you know, because it that that's what that was episode two. We understood about yeah. Scotty. Yeah, we understand that. You know what I'm saying? So that came pretty early on in the documentary. And so mm-hmm. far, we have already had our heartstrings pulled by just two episodes, mm-hmm. by just two episodes. But now let's understand, man, like how important was this film to Michael Jordan and this footage to Michael Jordan that it took him 18 years to be able to, like, release it out? You know, was it like what was the drama that really went behind Michael Jordan fueling him actually releasing this footage at this time? You know, <laughs> especially I love the highlight that you guys said as far as like the pandemic, you know, everyone at stay at home order. So you have no choice. You know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying you have no choice to understand the prowess of Michael Jordan, which, you know, I was born in 1990. So I got to see you know, a little bit later years of Michael Jordan before his prime and his peak years when he was like in his prime, you know? So like if it took 18 years in like to release this film, you had, he he denied Spike Lee. Spike Lee approached Michael Jordan with this footage and he decided not to go with Spike Lee to put forth the documentary. We know Spike Lee. We know Danny DeVito. We know these guys. So it was something that Jordan was waiting on and to release this film. Do you guys think like it had anything to do with LeBron actually winning that championship against Golden State? As people were saying, Jordan, that LeBron took down the greatest team in NBA history. Do you think that had to play anything with it? Why he would have released it there? Just a few questions, man. Just a few questions for a thought. Well, uh, I, you know, this makes me think back to certain quotes that Jordan has has made, whether it had been on a serious note or or a joking matter. I remember hearing him say, uh, I believe it was during one of the 2K uh, games that were coming out, maybe in 2K9 or 2K10. Mm -hmm. He was, you know, pointing at each finger. Um, it, It may actually have been around. I can't remember what it was, but it was it was focused around the release of two a two K NBA two K game, and he was talking about the different years uh, teams of the Bulls, you know, the ninety six or the seventy two ten, seventy two and ten, you know. Uh, discreetly, he was saying there's no better team than the Bull the Bulls teams, any of the Bulls teams that won a championship. Yeah, that was two K eleven, by the way. Two K eleven. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he was pointing out. He was pointing out facts, you know, in comparison of Craig. He might, individually, he might be, you know, there might be an argument. Who's better? You know, but when we're talking about championships, because that's at the end of the day, that's what matters. Yeah. Uh, Mike was pointing that out. You're, I mean, I don't care. You could have an angel. You could have a, a, a you know, a better player uh, individually. 
uh, act, you know, individual accolades, but when mm-hmm. it comes to team ball, we're unmatched. Yeah. Um, so, the, uh, you know, other quotes that I've heard him say, you know, with even with Kobe Bryant being in the conversation, you know, five is or six is better. Five is better than whatever LeBron had at the time, which I think was maybe one ring when it came yeah. to the debate of who's better, Kobe or LeBron. And Mike had his opinion. I remember there was a commercial. Well, there's, you know, five is always better than one. So who would mm-hmm. you pick? And obviously he was gearing towards Kobe Bryant. And I think we all can agree based off of videotapes we've seen of Mike. He, he favors over Kobe more than LeBron. Mm-hmm. Facts. Yes, definitely. Um, so I, I'm just thinking of, you know, other, other uh, moments that I've seen uh, that have been televised of statements that Mike has made. Um, but I don't think it necessarily has to do, going back to your question, <clears throat> was it because he had taken down the 73-9 and team? No, because this was already planned to come out. <clears throat> I mean, I, I can't say, you know, he decided to drop this, this uh, documentary because they won. No, it was already <clears throat> in the works. It was already in the works at, at that time. Uh, and plus, but, we all thought we all thought Golden State was going to win. We didn't know they were going to fall down, at, you know, three to one, <laughs> being up three to one and losing. So you don't I, think that? You, oh, go ahead, Justin. Go on. Uh, sorry. Oh no, I, I just you know, it, it's it's kind of hard to say, man. Like I, I agree with Mo. Um, I agree with Mo, but I also feel and I also think that this documentary proves. That there would ne- there would never be another Michael Jordan, and there would be mm-hmm. no one ever close coming to Michael Jordan in comparison. So I kind of I do think I do I I feel I understand what Mo's saying. I agree with Mo saying, but I also feel as if that he's trying to say that he's the only one, and there's only one Mike. There there will only be one Mike, only be one Michael Jordan. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to say, man. It, it really is. Mm. So y'all don't find it any coincidence that when the Cavs were having their championship parade, the same day Mike Tolan met with Michael Jordan and his business partners and Jordan agreed to release the film the day after the Cavs parade, back in 2016. Mm-hmm. So he chose to agree to release this footage that hasn't been seen in almost 20 years mm-hmm. until the day after the Cavs had their parade at the quote unquote, everybody's calling LeBron the greatest because he took down the greatest team. Well, if in we're NBA talking history, if we're talking about, you know, on Mike's behalf, I mean, we, we don't yeah, know so what, like if, we know if, Michael Jordan. We know Michael Jordan as a competitor. Mm hmm. You know, so 2016, the Cavs win that championship. Everyone's thinking LeBron is the greatest of all time. So after being presented with this of the last dance, like, hold on, let me show y'all what real greatness is. You know, right. not over this stuff, not over this quote unquote people saying that Warriors were injured, different things of that. So I don't feel like this is a team thing. I feel like this is Jordan saying like, yo, y'all can call him King James, but I still wear the crime. Right, and you know that's the, those are valid points, and that could very well be the truth uh, in in a fact. But we will never know that unless Mike comes out and say, "Hey, look, this is the reason why I put it out there because I Correct. think I, I think y'all done forgot who I am." 
forgot um, who I am. Okay. Very, very true. <laughs> but, uh, but at the same time, we didn't know four years ago. This was this wasn't public information. This was be- between Tolan and Jordan. So that's why I say it's not it's not a matter of uh, arguing between Jordan and LeBron of who is the goat. Mm-hmm. I think this is just really. I don't know why. I honestly don't know why he has waited uh, 18 years, uh, almost 20 years to release this. But one thing that does play in my mind is during before, you know, the first two episodes were released. Mike had made a statement and said, Mm -hmm. y'all are going to think I'm the bad guy when y'all see this. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's something maybe that's something that he took into consideration, knowing, you know, because we've all, you know, growing up, I remember growing up. And hearing stories, reading paper, you know, reading the newspapers, seeing stories about Jordan uh, getting into physical altercations with his teammates, like Horace Grant, <laughs> uh, making Horace Grant want to leave the Bulls and go to Orlando Magic. You know, I remember hearing stories about him slapping players like Paxton. Um, so Dang. there, there are a lot of there are a lot of variables and moving parts that maybe, hey, look, Jordan doesn't want to be perceived as the bad guy as he most recently has stated before the first two episodes were released. Yeah. Cool. A, yeah. I agree with that. And um, all right, so now that moves us into our, you know, that's the perfect segue to move us into our next topic, man. Justin was hitting on it a little bit earlier. You know, um, as far as about the NBA season not being you know, the NBA season not being played right now. Everyone's, you know, devastated, devastated. by that. I miss hearing NBA Sunday, you know, mm-hmm. ESPN Wednesday, ESPN Wednesday, TNT Thursday, TNT Thursday, yeah. Tuesday you and know, Thursday, yep. Tuesday and Thursday. We were starting to have prime time on Friday and Saturday, you know, Saturday, mm-hmm. you know, like, so like the NBA season is done, man. And so now with this documentary, would it have still had the same impact on the world if we still had? Because think about it. No. We had the NBA season. The Summer Olympics were coming. You know. Yeah, um, yeah a lot. The NFL draft. NCAA tournament. NBA draft. You know, NBA draft. All of these things were like, were happening at the point. And then now, boom, all of that's dead. And now we have the last dance. So mm-hmm. us understanding Michael Jordan's prowess and, you know, quote unquote, him being the greatest of all time, would this documentary would it have still had the same impact as it's having now? Would many people still be talking about the last dance documentary or would they still there, have choices to choose from? There's no way. You know? there, I mean, if, I mean, all this, you know, all the distractions, like you said, mm-hmm. like you just mentioned earlier, there's no way that that the last dance will have so much attention to what is drawn as of now. Because one, there's no basketball. No ba- you take away basketball and you have you know, no hoops, bro. Yeah, no hoops at all. We can't and you know, people go out, people go play pickup. I mean, gyms, leagues around. I mean, there's so much distractions that it would distract us from watching of the greatness of Michael. So from him releasing this, I think I think it was perfect on his behalf. It was perfect mm-hmm. for us to, you know, actually all of us sit down on a Sunday. He didn't choose a Saturday. Just perfect timing, he man. chose a Sunday where he know everyone will be around the TV as a family watching, you know, young kids to, you know, middle age to, you know, like my pop's age watching it. My pops is so into it now. 
I mean, it's crazy. And he's like remembering, reminiscing all the, you know, the highlights of Jordan's history. So to be honest with you, man, I think this, I think for him dropping at this time right now, it's, I think it's, it's perfect uh, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I, I'm going to chime in. And, and this kind of goes back to what I said earlier. We are talking about Michael Jeffrey Jordan. So I'm going to say absolutely it would have the same impact. And why, no do, I say, why do I say that? I'm, I'm saying it, have, it would have the same impact. But, because anytime you hear the name Michael Jordan, okay, well, me- eyes and ears tune in. Jordan's legacy still to this day has a huge, a huge impact in the basketball world, the retail world, and the business You're world. Right. We're talking about we're talking I about have one argument. I got one question. Oh, I got one question for we're you. We're talking about Space Jam. When the basketball season, <laughs> you guys are forgetting. When the basketball season in that uh when it what was it 94, 95 season was going. Okay. We you remember, hold on, hold on. Let me get this point across. Jordan had retired to go to play basketball, right? Right. Mm-hmm. 94-95. Yeah. Right, excuse me, play ba- uh, baseball. 94-95 season, he didn't play half the season. Right. There was a headline in the paper. All it said was, I'm back. The whole entire world, the sports world, not just basketball. Right. The, whole, the season was already going on. Just like we're going on right now. You know, if basketball was still going on, would we not have time to really pay attention to what more Michael Jordan just said? The greatest player? The whole world had stopped. The president of the United States at that time, Bill Clinton, stopped and said, Michael Jordan is coming back to the basketball world. Of course, he has the same impact. We're talking about but space we're talk- jam. But we're talking about what well, we're ta- what you also got to look at like too. The NBA playoffs would have started around this time, April. The NBA playoffs, NBA playoffs would have started around this time. 2019-2020 NBA Thank season you. was one of the I biggest seasons has ever, ever in history. One of the best that the league has been balanced, bro. I get that. But look, the Jordan. Not only that, not only that, but this, think about it. If this was going to be released in June, when are the NBA finals? Two. I mean, they're coming up in June, yeah. correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, June first week of June. Who would have been playing? Who would have been playing on Sundays at three o'clock p.m. Yes, Eastern the Lakers, time? The Lakers would have been coming on. Or the Clippers. Who was the premier guy on the Los Angeles Lakers? <laughs> I get your point, but we're talking about. No, hold on, wait. We're talking who would have been in the finals by not making the playoffs for almost eleven seasons, almost with the Lakers? Got us into the playoffs. Then got us into the finals on Sundays when this quote unquote documentary was supposed to still be airing. You, look, you believe you, you that have, it would still have the same. But impact? let's but let's talk about this Absolutely. though. Oh, because on. you have a lot of fans that aren't. You have a lot of fans that are are not Laker fans. There, I mean, it's really it's divided. If anything, it's divided. You have the lesser of two evils: either watch a team that you really ain't feeling, or watch the greatest player of all time but, to argue. Arguably, two at least two of the three in the conversation. Who's better, you know, LeBron or, or Jordan. Jordan? So really, you're fighting against current basketball or former mm-hmm. basketball. So, gotcha. what is your forte? What is your forte? You know, which one do you prefer? Mm-hmm. I think I think it would. If anything, it'd be split down the middle. Okay, let me ask you this, Mo. Let me ask you this: the week before the NBA Finals, there's always a week. There's always a week break. 
The Last Dance, right? Okay, let's let's just say The Last Dance was come out in June, right? In ESPN, this whole pandemic era didn't happen, right? The Western Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals. We already know who's going to be in the Western Conference Finals. Game seven, Western Conference Finals. It would have been the Lakers versus the Los Angeles Clippers. The Battle of L.A. You already know the entire world would have been viewing into the entire series. Right. So, I'm tuning in. But we have to remember, what, when was this original documentary supposed to be released? In, what day in, and what in month? In June. In June. Okay. How do we know, number one, because there's a reason why Jordan had decided to release it in the summer, right, during that time. We don't know if there's going to be a seven-game streak stretch we don't know how, you know, the playoffs, they can either run long or they can run slow or, excuse me, or fast. It just depends on who's ready for that playoff, who's ready for that playoff run. Is your team prepared? Is it going to be, is it going, to be going to seven or is it going to be in four? So I think Jordan was banking on probably a short playoff series. I don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot of factors that you got to play into. But there is a reason why he decided in the middle of the year, in June, for this docu-series to be released. And we just don't, I just don't know that. I don't know. But I, like I said, I'm standing by, you know, what, which one do you prefer? Because there have been times where I was like, you know what? I ain't watching the finals. This ain't my team. They trash. My team should have been in there. Um, it, the original, the original release date set for the last day was supposed to be June 2nd. Woo, that was prime time in the NBA finals. Prime June second. That's prime time. So you would have had to make you would have had to make a choice regardless. You would have made a choice. <laughs> you would have made. So a what choice. you doing, Mo? So what you doing? Let me ask you. If my team, if Lakers my team in is in it, if the Lakers, if my team is in the finals, especially what you had said earlier, if it's on, if it's Game Seven, of course I'm watching my my Lakers. I got Hulu. I'm gonna just play it later on. But. If it's not a team that, you know, if it's the Clippers, I'm not watching the Clippers. I'm going rocking with Jordan. Mm, that's a good point. That's a good you know, point. But who doesn't watch well, the mm. I, Now, are we oh. – I'm, I'm saying I'm basing that off of me being a Lakers fan. Like, mm-hmm. me being a Lakers fan to see that look, man, like – I don't want to see the Clippers in the finals. But you're an so NBA – but you're a fan of the NBA, though. That's the point about it. You're a fan, I'm a fan of the but I don't want to. Basketball. I don't want to watch Toronto. I don't want to watch Toronto either. <laughs> I don't want to watch Toronto. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I, I'm not even gonna lie to you. When Toronto and Golden State were in the finals, I probably watched two games. See, my point exactly. You watched two games. I probably watched the finals. I probably watched. You know, what I'm saying I, when KD and all of those guys started to go down, I was like, "Ain't no I point. Mean, ain't no point. Ain't now. no. It's really no. You know, not necessarily not a point, but as a basketball enthusiast, I still tuned in, but I wasn't locked in. Okay. For example, like when you saw Kobe in the finals, you were locked in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When he's going up against the Celtics, when you see him going on a three peat with him and Shaq. Um, taking those teams down, Dwight and all those guys. When he won his, uh, when he first had his first ring, when they beat uh, what was it, the uh, Orlando Magic, and then we came back and we beat Boston. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you're locked into those finals, man. Like the only reason why the world would have been locked in, 
I would say if the Clippers were in the finals, and we're not going to go too far off on a tangent to uh, on what the the main point is, but Kawhi Leonard coming from a team that he just won a championship with, and he found himself into another finals, you know, mm-hmm. with with the Los Angeles Clippers. That's only one of the reasons why you would see the world continuously to tune in, especially the basketball world. But as a fan of the Lakers, if they weren't in the finals, man, nine times out of ten, I wouldn't want to see the Clippers and the Bucks. Oh yeah, in the NBA exactly. finals. That's you know not exciting at all. That's I would not rather, exciting at all. I would rather tune into the documentary. But the way how things were planned out, of course, with the big money guys, you know, it was going to go seven games regardless if it was the Western Conference Finals or the NBA Finals. It's going seven games unless you had a behemoth <laughs> like Golden State at the time when they was, you know, beating cats by 40 points. By 40, Steph Curry, yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? Unless it was something like that, man. But I appreciate both of you guys' topics. Now, is every did everyone feel like they got a point across with that as far as like even if this documentary would have aired in June, I feel as though it would wouldn't have as much ratings as it would as it does now when there's nothing else going on. Uh, I just you know I agree hundred percent with you. You know, so all right now hmm. as we stated, man, uh also, you know, we all understand when we hear Chicago Bulls, we think of who? We all know Michael Jordan. Jordan. Michael Jordan. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now we all understood that Michael Jordan had a partner that was from wh- where's Scottie Pippen from? Arkansas. 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 NAIA. Um, he actually was drafted first round. First round. Fifth overall. Okay. First round, fifth overall. First player and in I'm history. Yeah, I'm gonna let Justin take the. I'm gonna let you take the the helm on this one, um, with Scottie Pippen, man. Talk to us a little bit, man. Let me tell you about uh, Scottie Pippen. Let me, let me tell you something, man. It's it's crazy, man. You know, we all remember Anthony Davis. You know how Anthony Davis grew from, uh, I think it was like five eleven to, uh, what was it? He grew like I think it was like two inches every every year every year in high school. Started as a point guard mm-hmm. and then ended up being like six eleven. Uh, when he got to, uh, you know, Kentucky. Same thing that happened to Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen started out to being a, I think it was, uh, they started as a point guard, um, 5'11", and ended up becoming 6'7", um, playing for NAIA school. Uh, yeah, in two years, Anthony Davis grew eight inches from 6'2 to 6'10". That's crazy. From sophomore year and his senior year in high school. Like That's eight inches in two years. Can you years. imagine? O.D. Can you imagine? Can you imagine buying the clothes for your kid every single time? Like, can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine that? Like, bro, I, I couldn't. I couldn't imagine. I, I really couldn't imagine that. But anyway, going back yeah. to my man Scotty, man. I mean, Central Arkansas. Uh, I mean, you talking about NAI school? First player in history to be drafted from an NAI school. Uh, I mean, I don't know anybody else. You know, honestly, from an NAI school. I mean, this guy that got drafted from Division two and Division three schools, but NAIA, like those schools, I mean, are like are like pretty much like high school on a on an advanced level if you think about it. <clears throat> if I had it, but you know, man, when you talk about Scotty, man, and you talk about Michael Jordan, and you know, Michael Jordan said in his Hall of Fame speech, the greatest teammate he ever he has ever had was Scotty Pippen, and. You think about that in different ways of like, you know, why Mike, why, why did Mike say this? And you look at this documentary, man, and you look at, you know, how Scottie Pippen contributed to the Bulls team, man. I mean, he was another add-on to that, that lifted the Bulls to another level. 
I mean, he was <clears throat> he was Mike's he was he, he was Mike's savior at when when he needed him at his best. Um, but we we also did see some some you know some negative sides when it came to Scotty so far as holding out on his teammates and you know you know not being appreciated where he thought he should have been appreciated. And we could talk about you know the Bulls GM Jerry. Jerry you know Jerry was. He was an amazing man, but at the same time, some people think he was cocky. Some people think he was arrogant, and some people also think that he was the best GM there's ever been in, in NBA history. And I don't know if I can agree with that, but to me, I mean, from what I saw, I mean, I'm not too sure if I believe in the fact of GMs win championships. <clears throat> I'm going to have to go yeah. with Mike on that. I think the players win championships. The GMs in the aspect they put the players in the right position to win the championships. If you guys agree with me on that one, yeah. but I mean, we saw the battle between Scotty and we saw how you know, you know, two two attitudes and the arrogancy between each other. Just you know, they 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 wanted to win. They wanted to compete, and Scotty wanted to play for a winning team and wanted to be one of the best players at the time. He was one of the best players, the top fifty in the league. That's what I think. I think he was probably in the top yeah. ten in the league at that time. So I think you mind if I chime in real quick, go Jay? Go ahead, man. I think uh, what people, I think what a lot of people, including myself, um, have really misunderstood about Scottie Pippen is Scottie came from humbled beginnings. Mm-hmm. He came from not not the wealthiest family. Uh, you know, he had disabled family members, so he had to he had to help take care of them. So when Scotty was finally put into the position of being in the NBA, that's all he really wanted. Mm. He was just happy to have for, you know, the opportunity for his life and his family's life to, to be changed financially and, and on a, uh, um, a scale of notoriety. So when he did have a few seasons get under his belt and he started to understand the business aspect of professional basketball, his ears and his eyes started to, you know, laser in a little bit more like, okay, I, I'm understanding this a little bit better, but I'm still not getting paid like I should be as mm-hmm. my peers. If I'm being considered the greatest number two or one, two punch at that time, Mm-hmm. with the greatest player of all time. Five why, rings in. Five rings in. Why does it seem like everyone else is is growing financially and they're, they're showing more appreciation for people around me? And I'm the number two guy here. I led this team when when Jordan left. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and even when he was here, I still had a major part. And when he came back, I was more than willing to play that role again play a role player so I think I can't fault Scotty for having a chip on his shoulder the way that he did for so long whether he was educated financially uh, dealing with the business side um, or to when he finally became hip as to like hey look something something ain't right here I may not know Mm -hmm. I may not be able to put my finger on it but something is just not sitting right yeah I feel like I feel like I'm getting played right now which he was and I think they took advantage of that. I think uh, Jerry Krause was taking advantage of that, the GM. Um, because uh, player, you know, players aren't going to say, players aren't supposed to know what your contract, your contract is. 
whatever your contract is between you and the organization, not between you, each player, and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, so I don't fault Scotty at all for acting the way that he did. Maybe, you know, now when he, you know, had that surgery, when he had, uh, when he did, I think that was, if you love the game of basketball, then I think he could have handled that a little bit better. You know, the timing was just off. But he was trying to make a statement. He was trying to make a point um, because nobody was listening to him. So, uh, Caleb, I know you. I know you wanted to time in. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm, I'm listening, man. I just want to highlight to the fact that what, what, what people, so people can understand what you guys are talking about financially. He had to sign a contract for seventeen for seven years for eighteen million dollars. And the highlight yeah. to what you were saying, as far as like his family life, he had uh, two disa- He had a disabled brother who was in a wheelchair. His, dad, his father was his also father. in a wheelchair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. I mean, at the at that time, you know, what I'm saying he's still making, you know, that's about two point two million dollars a, a year. year. Yeah, that's a lot of money for you know, him. That's a lot of money but, for him. But his, that situation. but his yeah. worth, but his worth was way, way more. more past that. Way. I mean, you are argue, arguably during that time. Guess what? Mm-hmm. You have the number one player in the league on your team, and guess who's yeah. number two in the league at that time? In the league, yeah. In the league, yeah. not just not just on the team, but in the league, you are the number two player. Nobody can check you whether Jordan's there or not. Mm-hmm. Nobody so can that, check you. You're unstoppable. So, so let me ask all this right here. Let me ask. Let me ask you this right here. So as a player, you know you're in this predicament, right? Both of you guys, and ask you and Caleb, you're both in this predicament. You get hurt. Summer's coming up, right? Mm-hmm. You have the right to get. You can get surgery right now, or you can wait after after the summer and get surgery during the season when the season begins. And you know you're not getting that contract extension because it because the GM is not giving you that contract, that extension that you actually that you're actually looking for. So what are you gonna do? Are you actually gonna are you gonna actually take the the summer off and get right, or are you gonna just take your summer and then get right when the season begins, and then go throughout the entire season, or well, almost the entire season, and try to work out surgery and rehab and try to get back into the and into the uh, uh, into the vibe of playing ball. I think it depends on your morals. You know what what do you what fits you best? You know if you're if you're about, if you're about sticking to your guns, like nah, look, hey, since y'all want to play it like this. This is what I'm going to do. I, of course, I want to play basketball bad, but I I can't let y'all run over me. Y'all need me. You I would say that more. I, I would say that hints more to your your values more than your morals. Right. If they're the same okay. thing, you guys correct me. But like, what it, what yeah. do you value at that point in time? Because we've seen situations where money's involved, where you know morally some things may seem wrong like some people may feel like you shouldn't take a hundred million dollar contract because there's poor people you know what i'm saying it's it's, it's mm-hmm. i would say let's say values if anything you know what i'm saying yeah because so, well, yeah to your to, to your point then yeah you know it depends on what your values are if you know that you're not going to be getting that extension and you're trying to prove a point then absolutely i mean if if you're fine with that if you don't mind not playing for uh, an extended amount right. of time, you know, considering the injury, the, the surgery, right. and then the rehab, then if you don't mind sitting out, then, hey, that's up to you. But if you're someone like me, I want to play as much as I can. I, I love the game of basketball so much that sometimes, you know, I won't 
I mean, obviously, I never got play, paid to play basketball. Right, unless, but still, you know, we got allowance yeah. for you know college. But I, you know, I want to hoop. I'm a hooper, so at the at, you know my background, I would the furthest thing I'd be worried about is how much I'm getting paid. I'm a millionaire. All right, cool. I I can buy whatever I want right now. All right, cool. I can take care of my family. Cool. Let's go hoop. I worry about the surgery, you know, during the off season. And hopefully I'll be able to recoup before the beginning of next season starts. So that's how I would probably take it. That's what's good, man. Um, The biggest thing about it is, like, at that time, you know, understanding the dynamic of taking a gamble on yourself, knowing that, you know, later on that I possibly can take care of my family if I go out here and I ball ball strong for two, three years and then get a big contract. Those things you just don't know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in Scotty's, Scotty uh, Pippen's dynamic at the time, man, he wasn't, I don't, I, me personally, I don't believe that it was the money that he was focused on. It was just about being able to take care of people that he was the way out in a way, you know? To be able to financially secure himself with his family, his friends, but as I, you know, I just think about Jordan in that situation, man. Do you think Jordan could have played a bigger role more than what he could have? Uh, I remember a few times he called him selfish, you know, uh, just because yeah. they had two different mentalities. You know, they had two mm-hmm. different mentalities. Um, I've been slaving for this particular organization for a majority of my contract. I'm not getting paid the same amount of money as this guy. I'm not even getting paid the same amount of money as the fourth guy on the team that's way worse than we are, you know? And it's just one of those dynamics, man. It's like, gosh, at that point in time, you have to know your value. You have to know your worth. I can go out here and end my career where I won't have a bigger payoff, which we understand that he did get later on in his his career with with the Rockets. Um, The Rockets gave him a uh, five-year $67.2 million contract. Where his salary jumped from the two point two to the eleven to eleven million in ninety nine, but still like that doesn't make up for you know what I'm saying the type of things of the name Scotty got after that different stuff. So. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and take us a quick break here, man. Um, we're gonna get back into a few more segments, man. A few more points that we're gonna get to, man. Again, um, this podcast is brought to you by Vision Academy, where we know that the vision is clear and we train our athletes from point A past point B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all buy. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, living it up. Uh-huh. To everybody that be living it up, we say. Yo, 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 what's good, everybody, man? Welcome back to episode three of The Fast Break, man. It's your boy, Coach K, Caleb, Caleb Henderson. I go by many names, man, but we follow the name, which is above all names. We're back here, and I'm back with my brothers, man. You know what it is, fellas. What's goody? What's good, man? It's your boy, Morris Barco here. We live in effect, ready to get this thing going. Let's get it. Yo, it's your boy, Justin Savelles, man. We Gotta get started, man. Let's go. Let's get it started in here. Let's get it started. All right. Yeah. So what's good, man? Of course, we're coming off of another two 
powerful episodes of the last dance um very exciting man uh it was i would say the turning point but we're gonna go ahead and dive right into it man barco what you got for us today my brother yeah, let's dive right into it, man. We're going to talk about the double nickel, right? And that's going to be strong to get started with. We want to start this thing off with the mecca of basketball, the pioneer of all of basketball across this nation. I believe it started right there in New York, right? The art, the art of it. And what better way to start off with Jordan's notorious, the infamous double nickel game where he scored 55 points just in his second game back from a five-month retirement span. Mm. I, don't, I don't know about you guys, but I know if I probably took five months, let alone maybe even one month off the game of basketball, and I tried to come back and put up those type of numbers, I'd be gassing for breath. What about y'all? What do y'all think? Man, man, playing, man, just, just playing, man, and coming back at a, at a time like this, man, out of retirement, you know, five games. After coming out of retirement, Michael Jordan scores 55 points in the Mecca, in the Garden, bro. One of the most iconic places to play in NBA history. And, I mean, you got to look at it, too, man. My man Mike wore the number 45, one of the, another iconic jersey as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, a number that no one really knows about, but it's you hardly hear so much about it because he only wore it one time, really. But... Uh, Man, it's, it's just crazy, man, because you, you think about it, when you really think about it, you're coming from, this guy's coming from a different sport. I'm talking about mm-hmm. baseball. Uh, baseball, man, it's a, it's a different game. It's not. It's nowhere compared to basketball. Basketball is nowhere ca- compared to baseball. So you got someone who comes from uh, comes from baseball and, and just coming out and scoring 55, like five months later in basketball, that means that, you know, that's not enough time to get back into basketball shape. Do y'all agree? Is that enough time? I definitely uh, agree with that statement. Um, like you said, his body has already gotten acclimated during that time to, you know, in the swing of, of <laughs> that's funny, you know, no pun intended, in the swing of things with baseball. But absolutely, his conditioning to get back into the conditioning of basketball, running up and down that court, completely, completely different. So I Facts. imagine I know for me it'll, it'll probably be a little bit tougher. I know just taking off a week, trying to get back in the swing of things, I'll be out of breath, man. Yeah, facts, man. Y'all know basketball is one of them feel games. You know, you gotta feel it. You gotta stay in that rhythm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But when he came back, like Hove said, man, when I come back wearing the four or five, it's not to play games with you, but to aim at you. Just to hear <laughs> what Jordan was saying about the number forty five, man. It's so uh, it's so clutch to understand that a player can take five months off. You know, not only take five months off, but come from a game where, like, your mind really isn't engaged as much as basketball. Basketball is one of them sports where you got to think on the offensive end. You got to think on the defensive end. You got to, you know, you're constantly thinking. They always say basketball is a thinking man's game. So for him to come back still with the prowess that he had as far as an athlete being the greatest of all time, not only that, but that also speaks to Madison Square Garden and how much of an impact they had on Jordan. Because when you come back from five months off, man, if he would have played at a different arena, could it have been a different story? Would he have dropped the 55? You know, either mm. not only dropping 55, but he was 21 for 37 from the field. He made three threes and he was 10 for 11 at the free throw line. That's not skipping a beat. Absolutely, man. You know, so uh, <laughs> just to allude to that, man, it's just Jordan is that guy when he did that, man. 
Yeah, and, and once again, I just want to reiterate, this was only his second game back. Mm. Only his second game back, and we would later see the effect that trickled down from that game by itself, scoring 55 as what we call the double nickel game. We would see it later down the line with players like my personal favorite basketball player of all time and arguably the greatest player of all time, Kobe Bean Bryant, with the scoring 61 in the Mecca, a.k.a. the Garden, and also Carmelo Anthony, who holds the leading point, uh, excuse me, leading uh, scoring of the Mecca in itself or the highest scoring points in a game. Uh, leading that with 62. And uh, I think it's uh, worth noting that James Harden currently is tied by uh, an opposing player with Kobe Bryant uh, scoring 61 in the Garden. So uh, definitely worth noting um, that the Mecca obviously is a place and a gem that players want to sky high. They want to put on – they want to put on a performance because I guess they feel, you know, if if you can get the approval of Nick fans – (laughs) <laughs> then you get the approval from the rest of the NBA and this fan base. Yeah, facts, man. Uh, those are all good points, man, and I appreciate it. Um, Barco, I know you got some more topics for us to discuss, man, because that's really a good one right there, just speaking about Madison Square Garden, the, the nostalgia, Spike Lee, all the superstars making it out to there, man. So I Absolutely, that. man. Yeah, no problem. Uh, speaking of the Mecca and it being like the – the renouncing area to want to perform. Let's talk about the dream team where, which would host the greatest performers throughout the entire league. Um, and, 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 uh, specifics, we're going to talk about Isaiah Thomas not mm. being selected. Although him meeting the requirements of being, uh, what, what, what he would have been a dream team, uh, teammate. Yeah. Um, so I kind of get the feeling that this has something to do with the works of MJ himself uh, being, you know, being based on what we've seen in episodes five and six. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, guys? Yeah, I mean, yeah, man, looking in it, just looking into the episode, man, and just uh, and just seeing how that dream team came together. Those guys, they were they were great friends on and off the court, uh, but they were true competitors at the end of the day. But they never let the, they never let the game of basketball uh, and the way they compete uh, ruin the friendship. Um, and I think I think that was pretty cool, man. And I think that's one of the reasons why we all we all saw uh, you know Isaiah not being a part of that dream team. I, there was no there was no friendship. There was no relationship. Um, most of the guys did not respect him. Uh, you know as who he was on the court. Um, I mean, Michael did say he is, you know, behind Magic jo- Magic Johnson, uh, another one of the greatest point guards there is uh, that ever played the game, um, second to Magic. So the respect level as his basketball career is there, but so far as him being a, you know, a true, you know, true person with personality and character, and I mean, it, it's, it's different, man. It's just like, you know, each one of us has played basketball with a team before, and we all consider that family, am I right? So you you connect with everybody on your team. You, I mean, it goes a long way. And I just don't think that that, that connection was there. Have you ever played with, uh, if you, have you ever had a teammate that you played with that you necessarily, <clears throat> necessarily didn't like as much or didn't, you know, really care for? I mean, yeah, everyone, everyone's had uh, that one person on the team that you don't care for. But I think it's, 
you find a way to still play with that person. You find a way to, you know, to still cope and to build some type of relationship with, even though you guys have different views, but it's, mm-hmm. I think, I feel like it's still, you still find it in you to, to still connect with that person. And I just don't think that they had any kind of connectivity at all. You know, as many times as been yeah. there. I mean, you you gotta look at it like this. I feel like you know your ego. I feel like Isaiah Thomas' ego got the best of him to the point where he was not about to be apologetic. He wasn't going to be you know, Mister. Hey, I'm gonna come up to these guys and and say I'm sorry or try to you know try to build that build that report back up with them. Nah, you you saw it. You 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 could see that he clearly didn't want it at all. But now he's biting himself at the end of the day and saying, like, I, I wish I could have done this. I wish I could have done that. And Mike, you know, Mike has this this hatred against him. Is just like, you know what? Like, man, screw you at the end of the day. I, I really don't care. You're still a great player. But so far as us being friends, it would never happen. Yeah. Right. And 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 to, to your point, sorry to cut you off. No, there. no, you didn't. Uh, t- to your point, the reason why I asked if you've ever had a player or a teammate that you really didn't care for is because – if we both have a common ground, which is to win that gold medal, do you think we should put beside ourselves our personal issues? Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't want to be biased just because this is a Jordan documentary, mm-hmm. but I, I do find some fault on Jordan for not for having the pool that he did, because obviously he was running the yeah. show. Even even with the the Olympics, clearly club, but he was running the show. Clearly, you know, but I I can't I can't really say that everybody on that dream team had the same feelings towards Isaiah, mm-hmm. like Jordan did, because I think it's clear and evident that Magic Johnson and Isaiah had a really really great friendship. Yeah, um, you know, they they would even you know do the little smooch on the on the cheek uh, before each game and after each game. So. I'm not sure if everybody had the same uh, relationship feelings yeah. toward, you know, relationship that Jordan and Isaiah had. But I will say, you know, I believe that this probably stemmed from previous years with the bad boys and the Jordan rules. And it, that that probably took a toll on uh, Jordan's psyche and probably just put him in a bad place. That's that's my honest uh, thought about yeah, it. Yeah, I can agree with I don't that. Know. What, do you, what do you think? No, I can Kate? agree with that, man. Yeah. I don't really have too much. Um opinion on the subject besides Isaiah Thomas not having an opportunity to win a gold medal. Um, clearly Jordan, Jordan pulled rank as much as who he was. Yeah. And uh, to his credit, he never mentioned Isaiah. Everybody, it was one of them un, unsought after things that people just knew, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, to avoid any kind of friction between the dream team, with them having a goal of, you know, winning gold medal and going out there and making it and stick a claim with that stack of a roster, they didn't need Isaiah. Right, right. But I, I know we, we got to move on to the next topic, but I think we can all agree that there were some players, such as Christian Leitner, you know, college boy. that college boy, you know, they clearly could have had a full professional team. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they needed uh, a college player at that time, but they decided. To. Yeah. But there were some players, Larry Bird, I mean, he was he was old and we really didn't see that many contributions from him. Yeah. Uh, during that, you know, Olympics. But I think, I think honestly, he could have still found a spot. He may have not got that much, you know, playing time or many touches from Jordan per se, but I still personally think he probably deserved to have a spot. And there were some players that really didn't need a 
be up there that were up there. Thanks, thanks. Uh, you know, but uh, anyways, speaking of the Olympics, let's talk about these Jordan Seven Olympics. Mm-hmm. And in mm-hmm. essence, mm-hmm. let's talk mm-hmm. about his Nike contract. Yeah, man. Speaking of those Olympics, bro, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut mm-hmm. you off. But yeah, go watching ahead, that whole episode of the '92 Dream Team and seeing Jordan, you know, wearing those Olympic Sevens, man, I was literally in my living room, and those shoes were sitting right there for me. I grabbed them and I looked. I was like, "Wow." Dude, I got a pair of these. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got a pair of these Olympic sevens that Jordan was wearing during those Olympics. So, man, that just brings to the nostalgia and it brings a connection too. That, like, when you buy yeah. when you buy the shoe, when you buy the Olympic sevens, man, it's like, come on, man. Like, Jordan yeah. was on a dream team in these, man. I got it. Yeah, Jay. You know, so that that's good to uh, note. And you said, uh, what were you saying? I'm sorry. Yeah, man. Well, before I even make that point, we know that Jay Bird, he is the guru of all the Jordans. He's the plug. plug. So I just want to We call him Jay Bird for a reason, eh? We call him Jay Bird for a reason. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but speaking of Nikes, man, we're going to talk about Jordan's Nike contract, how that all went about. Caleb, you got some information on a guy named Sony Vaccaro or Vaccaro. Yeah, man. What's up with this guy? Um, It's just... I personally like um I don't see it as fair sometimes that his name isn't mentioned with a lot of these major shoe contracts that was happening during those days, specifically in this case, Michael Jordan. Um I watched the documentary on um uh Netflix's ESPN thirty for thirty films. It was called Soul Man. And it was um mm-hmm. basically highlighting Sonny Vaccaro and how he was a pioneer not only for uh, merging shoe shoe contracts and shoe deals, but a lot of the things that we see with the big time universities, these big time coaches getting paid, uh, even beckoning for athletes to get paid for their likeness as we starting to see now in the year 2020. But this was back 10, 15, 20 years ago when he was beckoning for this stuff. And uh, Michael Jordan, his agent, Sonny Vaccaro, they all were a part of Michael Jordan signing with Nike, as we all know he didn't originally want to do. He wanted to go with Adidas, but Sonny Vaccaro, you know, made a pitch towards Nike, said, hey, give this guy his own brand. I just bring him up because he doesn't get enough credit in the media or in a lot of these documentaries. There was even a photo that had his back turned inside of the documentary, but his name was never mentioned. He doesn't get the credit that he deserves for Pioneer, a lot of wow. these major contracts. And, and real brief, why why do you think they're not really – uh, giving this guy any notoriety? Um, just, you know, friction in the front office. You know, when you become the guy who goes against the grain of the boss and you want to go with your mm-hmm. own ideas versus the ideas of the the entire table, you know, if you're that one person that's always late, but you're showing up with the great ideas and doing this and going against the grain, nine times out of ten, you're blackballed because you're not following suit. And I really gotcha, think that's just gotcha. what it was. And Justin, I know you have some points that you want to make on and hit on that. But real quick, I just want to say, so in essence, who do we really give credit as far as establishing the Jordan brand? Because we hear stories about his mother, Mrs. Jordan, you know, forcing uh, forcing it down his throat uh, to go get on that plane and meet with Nike, who was not as up to par with Converse and Adidas at that Mm -hmm. time, but wanting to at least hear what they have to say. Or do we give it to David Falk? Or do we, you know, his agent, who also, you know, had pitched the idea, which I believe you said was from Sony Vaccaro, yeah. about getting his own 
brand or his uh, his own signature yeah, shoe. Who do we give that that you know the compliments to? Shoot, man. Uh, ultimately, you got to give it to Jordan because he's the one who out there. You know, what I'm saying we wouldn't even be having this conversation if it wasn't for Jordan the athlete. You know, mm. uh, don't forget about George Raveling. But I do encourage everybody, basketball enthusiasts, shoe enthusiasts, college basketball enthusiasts, to take a look at Soul Man. Um, it's about an hour and a half. It's a 30 for 30. So, you know, those films are always good, man. So check that out and you'll get a little bit more understanding of what we're talking about. But um, absolutely. And Jay Bird, you are, like I said, you are the sneaker guru. You've, uh, man, ever since I know him, he's had all the, all Jordans. the Jays. He's had, he's had all the knowledge about it. Nah, it's history. Nah. You guys, you have some information that we nah, don't have. And I think it's very important for you to hit us with those nah. details. What you no, got man, for you? You know, uh, 1984, the first pair of Jordans came out was uh, mm-hmm. was the Air uh, Jordan 1s, man. Um, they were originally, you know, Ooh. Nike originally started with a uh, shoe called the Air Souls. Um, mm-hmm. What's crazy is that mm-hmm. they changed the name to Air Jordans. Uh, and, oh, wow. And yeah, so with those shoes, man, it started the trend of the, the first Jordans in 1984. You know, Nike had set to where Jordan was going to sell a, a certain amount of pair. And he exceeded exceeded abundantly, you know, <laughs> with uh, <laughs> with so many pairs being sold. Um, yes. In, in one year, 126 million, like, dog, wow. like 126 million Jordans in one year. And my man had a four year deal with Jordan. He and only had to meet three million dollars. So, I mean, three million. I think of sales. That was it. So, yeah. so what was the three million for though? What was the three million for? Was it just like a an arbitrary number they threw out there was it a stipulation into his contract for him to do anything so, like so or he just had to sell three million so it was a stipulation in his contract that he had to sell three million to keep in order to keep his contract uh to, you know for the, the signature shoe um oh wow right so you know jordan getting paid at i think it was like 250 uh 250 yeah as yeah. a as a rookie mm-hmm. and i think nike has never signed a player i think it was like that high so far as in, you know, their own signature shoe especially to being a rookie in the NBA. And it hasn't even done anything in the league. It hasn't shown any promise, no championships, no MVP, no rookie of the year, no nothing. And it already has wow. a contract <laughs> with Nike. But you got to remember this, though. Nike at the time was just a – Nike at the time was just a uh, – was a, was a company that was for track stars. That was it. Uh, they made shoes for mm-hmm. track athletes. So – and yeah, tennis, and tennis, right? and, tennis Arthur and Arthur Ashe. Ashe. So, uh, yeah, good point, yeah. Mo. Um, so, I mean, they their image was just, you know, was those two sports only. So, to go towards basketball was like a big risk and a big uh, was a was a big risk for both uh, for both of them to understand. Like, hey, listen, you know, we believe in this guy, but um, let's see what he can do. And after that, man, I mean, it's it it, it was on, man. Like. Ever yeah. since then, Jordan's been every single year. Jordan had a had a new shoe coming out, um, and I, and I can't. Yeah. I think the the cool thing about it was, man, is Jordan's became a basketball shoe, but then later on, they became you know uh, they became a fashion statement, man. It's like everybody had to have yeah. Jordan. everybody had to have Jordans, uh, correct? And, you know, Jordans yeah. became man something that's just like inspiring to kids standing in lines, long lines outside of Foot Locker uh, finish mm-hmm. line. Uh, I mean, all these athletes' foot. I, I remember, I remember athletes' foot. I don't think they're in business. Heck anymore. yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I'm talking about Jordan would like, I mean, just sell out in within minutes with everyone standing outside. So I mean, I remember I had my yep. days, man, when I was a kid standing outside with my pops, me and him, 
lined up on a Saturday morning at eight o'clock in the morning, lined up for some J's. So we all see that's man. why that's why he the sneakerhead, man. That's why he the sneakerhead. Oh uh, man, but exactly. you gotta look at it, man. You know, the, the sneaker culture, man, has really changed, man, by Jordans, man. And Jordans has ha, has been like an inspiring, inspiring shoe. Uh, that a lot of a lot of kids nowadays, um, you know, just have taken off with. Uh, and, and when you talk about the sneaker culture, man, it's 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 so crazy now, man. Jordan's is like literally the highlight of the reason why there is a sneaker culture. If you if you think about the it, sneaker culture, yeah, yeah. facts. I'd agree. And Absolutely. to mention that too, man, as I mentioned, those Olympic sevens, uh, that was the first shoe that I ever camped out for. Wow. wow. That was the, like, wow, like, even you bringing that up, man, just like, I'm sitting here, you know, reveling at these Olympic sevens because Jordan was on a dream team, but also come full force that those were the first shoes that I ever camped out for. I was in North Carolina. I was like, I think I was 21 years old. I'm sitting out there <laughs> four o'clock in the morning waiting for the shoe store to open, something I've never done. Just to yeah. get a pair of shoes, man. So that does speak volumes to who Jordan was. Yeah. Now, just imagine, imagine if Jordan wouldn't have signed with Nike, but he would have signed with Adidas. Uh, like, would everybody be rocking three stripes right now, dog? Yeah. How would they look? How would they even have the jump the the Jumpman logo? I wonder how. It's crazy, yeah. man. I mean, is 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 just so crazy, man? Thinking about like, uh, you know, you know, uh, the commercial. I want to be like Mike. Remember that commercial? And yeah, the Gatorade yep. commercial, and mm-hmm. Mike got the the shoes on, and the next thing you know, literally, like everyone had the shoes on the next day. Spike, Spike Lee, Lee. <laughs> and let's Spike talk, bro, let's talk was, about Spike yeah. Lee, man. I mean, Spike Lee as well. Mars, Mars Black, bro. Mars Black, man. Yeah, Young Mars. Is it the Is shoes? It the shoes? Like, yeah, come on, money. It's gotta be the shoes. Like, even in what, what movie? Yeah. What movie did Spike Lee have, man? Uh, do the do right, right thing. thing. Do the right thing. <laughs> the dude yep. rolled over the dude's shoes, but he was like, "Did I just roll over my Air Jordans?" You remember which one they were? Uh, cement fours, the white cement fours. Yeah, the greatest Jordans of yep. all time, in my in my uh, opinion, the white cement yeah, fours fire. are the greatest Jordans of all time. But you know, we're not gonna get into I per- it. Yeah, I personally like that he got oh, yeah, game we know thirteen. Yeah, yeah, we know that. Yeah, um, and also. Did you guys ever rock uh, no. Team Jordan? No, sir. Um, don't no, sir. don't get it twisted. No. Don't get it twisted. No, I, the team Jordan, fire the team Jordans used to be the shoe before they started retroing the 13s, the 12s, the 11s. Yeah. Like there were mm-hmm. some team Jordans that we see now that we didn't even consider yeah. them as team Jordans, but they were just still they were Jordans at the time, yep. you know. Mm-hmm. I know people that have that rocked them. Um I can't I, never, I rock. Yeah, them. I can't specifically I name never. the shoes, but Randy Moss, Randy Moss was Randy Moss them. had a pair. Yep, My, Michael the Finley Spike was Lee rocking them. Exactly. The only ones that were really nice. Ray Ray the Allen Spizite. was rocking them. Yeah, you talking about? Yeah, Spizite Spizite were the only Spizite. ones that yeah. everyone that everyone would rock because they were they were the closest one to being dope. But that that came out more. Yeah, but that one came yeah, out more right. modern. Yeah, the ones I'm talking. The Team ones Jordans was there, me, bro. I don't care what nobody. They saying. were there. They were on the rise, bro. I completely agree. I remember like it was just facts. Number one, they were affordable. And number two, we've seen other athletes that were actually on this Jordan team brand. Yeah. So, of course, you know, they were they were the culture. Yeah, they were bringing yeah. the wave. 
So yeah, man. That meant right. something back exactly. then. Right now, something. it meant something. I ain't rocking no CP threes. Oh heck, no. oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I ain't rock. I'm not even rocking no <laughs> no mellows. <laughs> 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 Let me get these Blake Griffiths, bro. Negative. You got these Blake Griffiths in the tent. Like, nah, man. Come on, man. <laughs> The Russell Russell. Yeah, let me get the why not two point But to be, but to be honest with y'all, man, oh, man, you know, the sneaker culture, man, and the urban culture has combined, man, it's, and it's been crazy for you know for the times back oh, in the nineties and the early two thousands and into the time we're in right now, man, it's it's crazy, man. And I, I love it, man. I still rock sneakers to this day, man. I still got sneakers in the closet as of right now. All the Jordans, I don't. We believe I don't it, wear them all, but I still got them. <laughs> Absolutely. I fully believe it, though. Yeah, no question. Absolutely. Hey, man. Hey, look, guys, we're, we're going to go ahead and take a shift, man. We're going to talk about the image and the activism that Jordan has either played or did not take part in. Um, I think, uh, personally, Jordan has always had a love-hate relationship with his own people, and that being the black community. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is because you have – uh, athletes and legends such as Muhammad Ali that really didn't put their career in front of who they were as a person. Correct. He was always he was always a person that was upstanding and and put his people first. Mm-hmm. So I think the greatest example that he displayed, and this being Muhammad Ali, was during the military draft. There was a war going on. I can't remember which one, um, but it may have been. I think it was Vietnam. The Vietnam War. It was one. Of them. Um, but. Yeah, it was one of them. Uh, forgive me to any veterans out there listening, but um, Muhammad Ali said, "I'm not, I'm not entering this draft because I don't believe this bully of a country should go overseas and bully and kill off other people that are not even messing with us." So, um, of course, Muhammad Ali was, uh, I believe, he was thrown in jail for that and eventually released, but he stood his ground. Yeah. But on the other hand, we have other icons such as Jordan, who, even on a smaller scale, not to the magnitude of going to war, but we have, there's obviously an issue in this country with black-on-black crime, Mm -hmm. but it just makes it a little bit more of an eerie feeling when it becomes about clothing. Yeah. You know, I don't know about you guys, but last time I checked, you know, having people get shot over shoes, Mm -hmm. I, I get it. They're 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 one of a kind. They're beautiful. They they look dope, but it's not that it's not that deep. Yeah. Um, but when these type of instances occur, and it being behind the Jordan brand, Jordan's name is all on it. So people are eventually going to turn their eyes and lift their eyebrows up to him to say, "Hey, look, what you doing? This, yeah, what are you doing? I I mean, we get it. This is this is going into your pocket. This is your money, but." Not at the expense of losing lives. Yes. Um, and I just wanted to touch base, you know, get get your, your guys' brains running and see what do you, what do you guys think about that? Man, I'm going to be honest with you. My mind with this was running because when The Last Dance first um, started to, you know, catch headway, I was asking, I got curious, man. I would ask a, many a people. I would ask people of different ages. I asked my mother. I asked my father. I asked a, a lot of different people, like, Yo, what was Michael Jordan? Like, who was Michael Jordan? And mm-hmm. I found that the older generation of people were saying that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Michael Jordan was a good basketball player, but 
it was always a but because he didn't do the things that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did. You know, standing up for his people using his platform. Muhammad Ali Mm -hmm. standing up for his platform. And it was specific when Muhammad Ali said, I can't even go in certain restaurants and eat. So why would I go fight the war that I can't even go at a restaurant and eat with y'all? You know? Absolutely. He stood up for his people because of the platform that he used, you know? Mm -hmm. So when it came to Michael Jordan and when Michael Jordan failing to put his name out there politically, uh, politically endorsing, of course, the situation that we're talking about um, was against Harvey Gantt. Um, he was in, in the 1990s uh, Senate race. He was a black man from North Carolina going up against Jesse Helms, who at the time everyone knew that he was, you know what I'm saying, he was on the side of a lot of racist, you know what I'm saying, rhetoric during that time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. By saying like, well, we're going to segregate our schools, but we're going to give them the choice to if they want to or not, you know? And it was a lot of obvious ways that people knew that he was, you know, pro-racism and different things of that sort. So as a as an opportunity to promote a black man for his community, Michael Jordan failed to do so, but he did send him a check and he did endorse him with his money, but he didn't do it right. publicly because what, what did Jordan say? He said, I'm not going to, you know what I'm saying, put my name out for a guy that I don't even know, which is understandable, you know, Absolutely. which is understandable. We wouldn't see um, Jordan being a majority team owner in the NBA right now if Jordan would have took that stand at the age of 27, you know? So Absolutely. we can understand it on both sides of the aisle there. Um but that does give us the an expedience now as far as like when we talk about LeBron, when we talk about a major icon athlete like that, to be able to step out and talk about the issues that are going on racially and injustice mm-hmm. that's happening in the communities. That's why some will consider LeBron James a greater athlete than Michael Jordan. Yeah, and, and, and I realize even now, I mean, we have some athletes that are willing to risk their career, such as Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I think that's he's probably the greatest example out of all of them. Um, and, and I think it's fair to say that he doesn't have that backing uh, or that support that LeBron has. LeBron is the face of the NBA. Face. Uh, Colin, Ka- Colin Kaepernick was not the face of the NFL. So, yeah it was easy for them to ball him up and throw him in a trash can. However, <laughs> Facts. he knew that he knew, he knew that. Yeah. So it, it was just about what he put priority on and he put his, his people above his career, which is respectable. Yeah. Um, as far as Jordan goes, I get it, man. Like you said, I understand, I understand both sides of the aisle. And if you don't know what you're talking about or don't know what you're getting into, it's best it's a, to yeah, just keep quiet. quiet. Yeah. Um, but I think I think when he gave, you know, that financial uh, endorsement, that was proof in the pudding that hey, look, I'm just trying to quiet you guys down, mm-hmm. <laughs> get out of my head. Yeah. So, um, at, 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 hey, look, we appreciate your money endorsement, but sometimes we need a face, we need a voice uh-huh. instead. But to his, you know, to his credit, he he didn't know what to say. He doesn't. He didn't have that education. In politics, yeah, so can't. you can't be too mad at him, but sometimes you wonder, like, hey, is is money more? You know, it's six one way half a dozen money- another man. You know, yeah, six one way half a dozen yeah. another man, and, and it's tough for it George. It's, it's uh, you know, going back to what Kayla was saying. You know, I asked my mom and I asked my pops. You know, because I, you know, of course, they were born in the time 
and they were around that era. And, uh, you know, I was asking my mom how she felt about it. And she gave actually a, a perfect statement behind it. And um, mm-hmm. what she what she said was public figures can play a key role in directing the discourse by using their platforms to bring attention to issues facing these mm-hmm. marginalized communities. Athletes such as Michael, with his fame and adoration, clearly possessed a clout to advocate for the voiceless. And, you know, I agree. Mm. I agree with her. Um, you know, Mike does have a voice. You know, his game speaks a lot uh, on the court, but as well off the court, he's, I mean, he's Michael, man. He's Michael Jordan. Everyone loves him. Everyone wants to be like him. You know, and everyone's always watching him. And he always had to be, he always had to have that switch turned on when he steps outside of his, outside of his house or wherever he's leaving the arena. So for him to, you know, to voice his opinion or, you know, it, it's, it, it can be very heavy to anybody um, to saying something or to saying nothing. Yes, the money, the money was cool. The money was great. But at the end of the day, I think people wanted to hear more of a voice behind what he really had to say, regardless on, you know, on Gantt and supporting Gantt. And I kind of look at it as this right here, man. Athletes, man, they have the right. Uh, to di- to actually be into politics, or they don't want to be in politics. It's up to them. Um, you know, we get a lot of we get a lot of superstars today, and a lot of superstars who are really you know are into politics. Like yeah, of, of course, and speaks all on the court and speaks off the court. LeBron James is one. He's the biggest one I always go to. Uh, he speaks so heavily and he speaks so much into how, what he believes, and he even tweets out. And you know, of course, like to our even our own president we're in today. You know, uh, Mr. Donald Trump himself, yeah. he will speak out to him if he has to. So, I mean, it's cool, man. But sometimes I also feel like, you know, Michael has a great point. His craft is his craft. He believes in his craft and he wants to perfect his craft. So he has no time to to dive into something that he knows nothing about. So it's to me, it's a 50 50 yeah. ball game. Yeah. And I just love that. I, yeah, I love I that comment that your mother made, man, as far as like he was a voice to the voiceless. Now, in that time, man, we see this dude, Jordan, this dude, Jordan had people. He was a global icon, you know what I'm saying, in mm. the world of sports, in the world of media. Like it was just Jordan, you know? So mm-hmm. if maybe if Jordan would have not maybe have endorsed you know, the politician, but still may not have agreed with the the ideologies of being able to, you know what I'm saying, go against or for um, someone who pro- proposes racism in a way nationally on TV. You can do the same thing by having your, you know what I'm saying, your voice about it that could have possibly sent the shockwave into being like, look, man, we all understand that, you know what I'm saying? We're all people in this nation. You know what I'm saying? I have fans that are white. I have fans that are black. I have, you know what I'm saying? Blah, blah, blah. Zay, he even go on to saying that Republicans buy shoes too, you know? Like, yeah. so, you know what I'm saying? You could tell at the time he had an opinion about it, you know what I'm saying? But he was like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to risk my personal brand or what I'm building because I don't know the, the peak of it. You know what I'm saying? Again, you know, who knows at 27 years old, I'm not sure if I would, if I was on that particular stage, I believe that I would have something to say, you know what I'm saying? But I, that's just me. I, I don't know, man. It's just, yeah. it's just amazing to that. We are able to have that conversation um, regarding Michael Jordan, his platform. And also later on in the episodes, we saw that it ain't easy not, being MJ. Not. <laughs> it's not. It won't easy being MJ, man. <laughs> Yeah, he even he even talked about how he couldn't wait yeah, to get out of the lifestyle crazy. that he was, that was living. Crazy. 
and and that yeah. and I'm sorry guys that even brings to the point now I even heard like seen reports that like we don't even see Jordan at the NBA games bro like this is the greatest basketball of all time and we see him now in his later years really being a recluse like he's a recluse bro like we don't really see Jordan at a lot of uh, signings he rarely shows up when Zion signed his Jordan contract was the first time we really started to see Jordan in another country promoting his brand still you know so that's yeah. what how long was that from 85 to what 8 9 what 2003 uh, yeah his entire um, career yeah yeah, it's tough being in the spotlight for that long, man. So, um, just to have a few but at that magnitude, that magnitude, yeah. just to have a few blemishes on his record, man, speaks to him as a person. Speak to his camp, speaks to his team, like the people that he had around him, his mother, his father. So, man, that's always um, that's always good. And uh, guys, I appreciate these topics, man, because that just brings us to this. Ep- these episodes was really not even. It was just a turning point, you know, it was a turning point for us to be able to look at Jordan in multiple ways to still see him as the greatest basketball of all basketball player of all time, but still being able to allude to his character, to who he was as a person, to who he is to us as basketball players as well. So it's just great, man. I appreciate you guys and your topics. Absolutely, man. I, I enjoyed this. Uh, I enjoyed this episode, man. Yes, Five and six. Yes, definitely. That was uh. It was amazing. I man. might even give him another good. watch, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And I'm going to check out that Soul Man, yes, too. Yes, I'm going to allude to that again, man. You guys, please just check out Soul Man, S-O-L-E-M-A-N, and you'll kind of be brought up to speed with uh, LeBron's contract, Jordan's contract, Kobe's contract, you know. Just, I mean, it's just a lot of knowledge out there that we love to research and that we love to, you know, gain knowledge with as we get better too. So, guys, we thank you again for choosing in and tuning into the fast break. Again, my name is Coach K, Caleb Henderson. I got my brothers here with me, and uh, y'all know what it is, man. We're gonna sign out, but before we sign out, we're gonna do a little bit something different. Uh, we do have a word of the day for everybody to be able to, you know, let's sharpen our minds as we listen to the fast man, break. Man, we're gonna scratch words of the day today, man. We're gonna go with a motivational quote from my man Michael, man himself, man. Uh, no quote that I is number okay. one. Uh, I've missed more than nine thousand shots in my career. I've all I've also lost almost three hundred games. Twenty six times I've been trusted to take the game winning shot and miss. I failed over and over and over again in my life, and that's why I succeeded. And man, honestly, man, take this with you, man. Realize and just understand this quote, man. Uh, to me, it means a lot. It's, it says that, man. No matter how hard you try. You know, you will fail, but as long as you keep trying and keep trying and just keep proving that you are worthy, man, you will succeed like my man, Michael. Nice, man. Greatly appreciated that, bro. Greatly appreciated that. You already know what it is, man. This is the Fast Break. We'll catch you guys again, man. Peace. 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 Yo, what's good, everybody, man? Welcome back to episode three of the Fast Break, man. It's your boy, Coach K, 
Caleb, Caleb Henderson. I go by many names, man, but we follow the name, which is above all names. We back here, and I'm back with my brothers, man. You know what it is, fellas. What's goody? What's good, man? It's your boy Morris Barco here. We live in effect, ready to get this thing going. Let's get it. Yo, it's your boy Justin Savells, man. We got to get started, man. Let's go. Let's get it started in here. Let's get it started. All right. Yeah. So what's good, man? Of course, we're coming off of another two powerful episodes of The Last Dance. Um, Very exciting, man. Uh, It was, I would say, the turning point. But we're going to go ahead and dive right into it, man. Barco, what you got for us today, my brother? Yeah, let's dive right into it, man. We're going to talk about the double nickel, right? And that's going to be strong to get started with. We want to start this thing off with the mecca of basketball, the pioneer of all of basketball across this nation. I believe it started right there in New York, right? The art, the art of it. And what better way to start off with Jordan's notorious, the infamous double nickel game where he scored 55 points just in his second game back from a five month retirement span. Mm. I, don't, I don't know about you guys. But I know if I probably took five months, let alone maybe even one month off the game of basketball, and I tried to come back and put up those type of numbers, I'd be gassing for breath. What about y'all? What do y'all think? Man, man, playing, man, this just playing, man, and coming back at a at a time like this, man, out of retirement, you know, five games after coming out of retirement, Michael Jordan scores fifty five points in the Mecca in the Garden, bro. One of the most iconic places to play in NBA history. And I mean, you gotta look at it too, man. My man Mike wore the number forty-five, one of the another iconic jersey as well, mm-hmm. uh, a number that no one really knows about. But it's you hardly hear so much about it because he only wore it one time, really. But uh, man, it's it's just crazy, man. Because you, you think about it, when you really think about it, you're coming from this guy's coming from a different sport. I'm talking about mm-hmm. baseball. Uh, Baseball, man, it's a, it's a different game. It's not. It's nowhere compared to basketball. Basketball is nowhere ca- compared to baseball. So you got someone who comes from, uh, comes from baseball and and just coming out and scoring fifty five, like five months later in basketball. That means that you know that's not enough time to get back into basketball shape. Do y'all agree? Is that enough time? I definitely uh, agree with that statement. Um, like you said, his body has already gotten acclimated during that time to. You know, in the swing of, of – <laughs> that's funny, you know, no pun intended, in the swing of things with baseball. But absolutely, his conditioning to get back into the conditioning of basketball, running up and down that court, completely, completely different. So I Facts. imagine – I know for me, it would probably be a little bit tougher. I know just taking off a week, trying to get back in the swing of things, I'll be out of breath, man. Yeah, facts, man. Y'all know basketball is one of them field games. You know, you got to feel it. You got to stay in that rhythm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But when he came back, like Hov said, man, when I come back wearing the four or five, it's not to play games with you, but to aim at you. Just to hear <laughs> that what Jordan was saying about the number 45, man. It's so, uh, it's so clutch to understand that a player can take five months off. You know, not only take five months off, but come from a game where, like, your mind really isn't 
engaged as much as basketball. Basketball is one of them sports where you got to think on the offensive end, you got to think on the defensive end, you got to, you know, you're constantly thinking. They always say basketball is a thinking man's game. So for him to come back still with the prowess that he had as far as an athlete being the greatest of all time, not only that, but that also speaks to Madison Square Garden and how much of an impact they had on Jordan. Because when you come back from five months off, man, if he would have played at a different arena, could it have been a different story? Would he have dropped to 55? You know, either mm. not only dropping 55, but he was 21 for 37 from the field. He made three threes and he was 10 for 11 at the free throw line. That's not skipping a beat. Absolutely, man. You know, so uh, <laughs> just to allude to that, man, it's just Jordan is that guy when he did that, man. Yeah, and, and once again, I just want to reiterate, this was only his second game back. Mm. Only his second game back, and we would later see the effect that trickled down from that game by itself, scoring 55 as what we call the double nickel game. We would see it later down the line with players like my personal favorite basketball player of all time, and arguably the greatest player of all time, Kobe Bean Bryant, with the scoring 61 in the Mecca, a.k.a. the Garden, and also Carmelo Anthony, who holds the leading point, uh, excuse me, leading uh, scoring of the Mecca in itself, or the highest scoring points in a game, uh, leading that with 62. And uh, I think it's uh, worth noting that James Harden currently is tied by uh, an opposing player with Kobe Bryant uh, scoring 61 in the Garden. So, uh, definitely worth noting um, yeah. that the Mecca obviously is a place and a gem that players want to sky high. They want That's to put on. They want to put on a performance because I guess they feel you know if the, if you can get the approval of Nick fans, <laughs> then you get the approval from the rest of the NBA and this fan base. Yeah, facts, man. Uh, those are all good points, man, and I appreciate it. Um, Barco, I know you got some more topics for us to discuss, man, because that's really a good one right there. Just speaking about Madison Square Garden, the, the nostalgia, Spike Lee, all the superstars making it out to there, man. So I absolutely, that. man. Yeah, no problem. Uh, speaking of the Mecca and it being like the the renouncing area to want to perform, let's talk about the Dream Team, where mm-hmm. which would host the greatest performers throughout the entire league. Um, and in in uh, specifics, we're going to talk about Isaiah Thomas not mm. being selected, although him meeting the requirements of being uh, what 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 he would have been a dream team uh, teammate. Um, yeah. So I kind of get the feeling that this has something to do with the works of MJ himself uh, being you know being based on what we've seen in episodes five and six. Oh, uh, what are your thoughts on that, guys? Yeah, I mean, yeah, man, looking in it, just looking into the episode, man, and just uh, and just seeing how that dream team came together. Those guys, they were they were great friends on and off the court, uh, but they were true competitors at the end of the day. But they never let the, they never let the game of basketball uh, and the way they compete uh, ruin the friendship. Um, and I think I think that was pretty cool, man. And I think. That's one of the reasons why we all we all saw, uh, you know, Isaiah not being a part of that dream team. I, there was no there was no friendship. There was no relationship. Um, most of the guys did not respect him, uh, you know, as who he was on the court. Um, I mean, Michael did say he is, you know, behind Magic jo- Magic Johnson 
uh, another one of the greatest point guards there is uh, that ever played the game, um, second to Magic. So the respect level as his basketball career is there, but so far as him being a, you know, a true, you know, true person with personality and character, and I mean, it's it's different, man. It's just like you know, each one of us has played basketball with a team before, and we all consider that family, am I right? So you you connect with everybody on your team. You, I mean, it goes a long way, and I just don't think that 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 connection was there. Have you ever played with? Uh, if you, have you ever had a teammate that you played with that you necessarily <clears throat> necessarily didn't like as much or didn't you know really care for? I mean, yeah, everyone everyone's had uh, that one person on the team that you really don't care for, but I think it's you find a way to still play with that person. You find a way to you know to still cope and to build some type of relationship with, even though you guys view, have different views, but it's. Mm-hmm. I think I feel like it's still you still find it in you to to still connect with that person, and I just don't think that they had any kind of connectivity at all. You know, as many times as been yeah. there. I mean, you you gotta look at it like this. I feel like you know your ego. I feel like Isaiah Thomas' ego got the best of him to the point where he was not about to be apologetic. He wasn't going to be you know Mister Hey, I'm gonna come up to these guys and. And say I'm sorry, or try to you know try to build that build that report back up with him. Nah, you you saw it. You 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 can see that he clearly didn't want it at all. But now he's biting himself at the end of the day and saying like I, I wish I could have done this. I wish I could have done that. And Mike, you know, Mike has this this hatred against him. Is just like you know what, like man, screw you. At the end of the day, I, I really don't care. You're still a great player, but so far as us being friends, it would never happen. Yeah, fine. right. And 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 to to your point, sorry to cut you off. No, there. no, you didn't. Uh, t- to your point, the reason why I asked if you've ever had a player or a teammate that you really didn't care for is because if we both have a common ground, which is to win that gold medal, do you think we should put beside ourselves our personal issues? Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't want to be biased just because this is a Jordan documentary, mm-hmm. but. I, I do find some fault on Jordan for not for having the pool that he did because obviously he was running the yeah. show even even with the the Olympics. Clearly squad, but he was running the show. Clearly, you know, but I, I can't I can't really say that everybody on that dream team had the same feelings towards Isaiah mm-hmm. like Jordan did because I think it's clear and evident that Magic Johnson and Isaiah had a really, really great friendship. Yeah. Um, you know, they they would even you know do the little smooch on the on the cheek uh, before each game and after each game. So I'm not sure if everybody had the same uh, relationship feelings yeah. toward you know relationship that Jordan and Isaiah had. But I will say you know I believe that this probably stemmed from previous years with the bad boys and the Jordan rules, and that that probably took a toll on uh, Jordan's psyche and. Probably just put him in a bad place. That's that's my honest uh, thought about yeah, it. Yeah, I can agree with I don't that. Know. What do you what do you think? No, I can agree with that, man. Yeah. I don't really have too much um, opinion on the subject besides Isaiah Thomas not having an opportunity to win a gold medal. Um, clearly, Jordan Jordan pulled rank 
as much as who he was. Yeah. And uh, to his credit, he never mentioned Isaiah. Everybody, it was one of them un, unsought after things that people just knew. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, to avoid any kind of friction between the dream team, with them having a goal of you know winning gold medal and going out there and making it and stick a claim with that stacked of a roster, they didn't need Isaiah. Right, right. But I, I know we we got to move on to the next topic, mm-hmm. but. I think we can all agree that there were some players, such as Christian Leitner, mm-hmm. you know, college boy, that college boy, you know, they clearly could have had a full professional team. Yeah, uh, I don't think they needed uh, a college player at that time, but they decided to. Yeah. But there were some players, Larry Bird. I mean, he was he was old, and we really didn't see that many contributions from him uh, during that, you know, Olympics, but. I think I think honestly he could have still found the spot. He may have not got that much, you know, playing time or many touches from Jordan per se, but I still personally think he probably deserved to have a spot. And there were some players that really didn't need to be up there that were up there. Thanks, thanks. Uh, you know, but uh anyways, speaking of the Olympics, let's talk about these Jordan seven Olympics. Mm-hmm. And in mm-hmm. essence, mm-hmm. let's talk mm-hmm. about his Nike. Contract. Yeah, man. Speaking of those Olympics, bro, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut mm-hmm. you off. But yeah, go watching ahead, that whole episode of the '92 Dream Team and seeing Jordan, you know, wearing those Olympic sevens, man, I was literally in my living room, and those shoes were sitting right there for me. I grabbed them and I looked. I was like, "Wow, dude, I got a pair <laughs> of these." You know what I'm saying? I got a pair of these Olympic sevens that Jordan was wearing during those Olympics. So, man, that just brings to the nostalgia and it brings a connection to that. Like when you buy, yeah. when you buy the shoe, when you buy the Olympic sevens, man, it's like, come on, man. Like Jordan yeah. was on a dream team in these, man. I got it. Yeah. You know, so that that's good to uh, know. And you said, uh, what were you saying? I'm sorry. Yeah, man. Well, before I even make that point, we know that Jay Bird, he is the guru. Of all the Jordans, he's the plug. plug. So I just want to. We call him J Bird for a reason, eh? We call him J Bird uh, for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of Nikes, man, we're going to talk about Jordan's Nike contract, how that all went about. Caleb, you got some information on a guy named Sony Vaccaro or Vaccaro. Yeah, man. What's up with this guy? Um, it's just. I personally like um I don't see it as fair sometimes that his name isn't mentioned with a lot of these major shoe contracts that was happening during those days specifically in this case Michael Jordan. Um I watched the documentary on um uh Netflix's ESPN 30 for 30 films it was called Soul Man and it was um mm-hmm. basically highlighting Sonny Vaccaro and how he was a pioneer not only for uh, merging shoe shoe contracts and shoe deals, but a lot of the things that we see with the big time universities, these big time coaches getting paid, uh, even beckoning for athletes to get paid for their likeness as we starting to see now in the year 2020. But this was back 10, 15, 20 years ago when he was beckoning for this stuff. And uh, Michael Jordan, his agent, Sonny Vaccaro, they all were a part of Michael Jordan signing with Nike. As we all know, he didn't originally want to do he wanted to go with Adidas, but Sonny Vaccaro, you know, made a pitch towards Nike, said, hey, give this guy his own brand. I just bring him up because he doesn't get enough credit in the media or in a lot of these documentaries. There was even a photo that had his back turned inside of the documentary, but his name was never mentioned. He doesn't get the credit that he deserves for pioneer a lot of wow. these major contracts. And, and real brief, why, why do you think they're not really 
uh, giving this guy any notoriety. Um, just, you know, friction in the front office. You know, when you become the guy who goes against the grain of the boss and you want to go with your mm-hmm. own ideas versus the ideas of the, the entire table. You know, if you're that one person that's always late, but you're showing up with the great ideas and doing this and going against the grain, nine times out of ten, you're blackballed because you're not following suit. And I really gotcha, think that's just gotcha. what it was. And Justin, I know you have some points that you want to make on and hit on that. But real quick, I just want to say, so in essence, who do we really give credit as far as establishing the Jordan brand? Because we hear stories about his mother, Mrs. Jordan, you know, forcing uh, forcing it down his throat uh, to go get on that plane and meet with Nike, who was not as up to par with Converse and Adidas at that mm-hmm. time, but wanting to at least hear what they have to say, yeah. or do we give it to David Falk or do we, you know, his agent who also, you know, had pitched the idea, which I believe you said was from Sony Vaccaro yeah. about getting his own brand or his, uh, his own signature yeah. shoe. And- who do we give that, that, you know, the compliments to shoot, man. Uh, ultimately you got to give it to Jordan. Cause he's the one who out there, you know what I'm saying? We wouldn't even be having this conversation if it wasn't for Jordan, the athlete, you know, Mm. Uh, don't forget about George Raveling, but I do encourage everybody, basketball enthusiasts, shoe enthusiasts, college basketball enthusiasts, to take a look at Soul Man. Um, it's about an hour and a half. It's a thirty for thirty, so you know those films are always good, man. So check that out, and you'll get a little bit more understanding of what we're talking about. But um, absolutely. And Jay Bird, you are like I said, you are the sneaker guru. You've uh, man, ever since I know him, he's had all the all Jordans. the Jays. He's had he's had That's all the knowledge movie. about it. It's nah, history. Nah. You got you have some information that we nah, don't have, nah. and I think it's very important for you to hit us with those nah, details. What you nah, got man, for us? You know, uh, 1984, the first pair of Jordans came out was uh, mm-hmm. was the Air uh, Jordan ones, man. Um, they were originally, you know, Ooh. Nike originally started with a uh, shoe called the Air Soles. Um, what's crazy is that mm. they changed the name to Air Jordans. Uh, and, oh wow! And yeah, so with those shoes, man, it started the trend of the, the first Jordans in 1984. You know, Nike had set to where Jordan was going to sell a, a certain amount of pair, and he exceeded exceeded abundantly. You know, <laughs> with a uh, <laughs> with so many pair being sold. Um, yes. In, in one year, 126 million. Like, dog, wow. Like, 126 million Jordans in one year, and my man had a four-year deal with Jordan. He and only had to meet three million dollars. I mean, three million, I think, in sales. That was it. So, yeah. so what was the three million for, though? What was the three million for? Was it just like a an arbitrary number they threw out there? Was it a stipulation into his contract for him to do anything? No. Like, so or he just had to sell three million. So it was a stipulation in his contract that he had to sell three million to keep in order to keep his contract. Uh, to, you know, for the the signature shoe. Um. Oh wow! Right, so you know Jordan getting paid at I think it was like two fifty, uh, two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, as yeah. a as a rookie, mm-hmm. and I think Nike has never signed a player. I think it was like that high so far as in you know, their own signature shoe, and especially to being a rookie in the NBA, and it hasn't even done anything in the league. It hasn't showed any promise, no championships, no MVP, no rookie of the year, no nothing, and it already mm-hmm. has. Wow, <laughs> a contract with Nike, but you gotta remember this though. Nike at the time was just a Nike at the time was just a uh, was a was a company that was for track stars. That was it. Uh, they made shoes for mm-hmm. track athletes. So and yeah, tennis, and tennis, right? and, tennis and Arthur Ashe. Ashe. So uh, yeah, good point. Yeah. Well, um, 
So, I mean, they their image was just, you know, was those two sports only. So to go towards basketball was like a big risk and a big uh, it was a was a big risk for both uh, for both of them to understand like hey listen you know we believe in this guy um, and let's see what he can do and after that man I mean it's it it, it was on man like it, ever yeah. since then Jordan's been every single year Jordan had a had a new shoe coming out um, and I, and I can't yeah. I think the the cool thing about it was man is Jordan's became a basketball shoe but then later on they became you know. Uh, they became a fashion statement, man. It's like everybody had to have yeah. Jordan. everybody had to have Jordans. Uh, Correct. And, you know, Jordans yeah. became man something that's just like inspiring to kids standing in lines, long lines outside of Foot Locker, uh, finish mm-hmm. line. Uh, I mean, all these athletes' foot. I, I remember, I remember athletes' foot. I don't think they're in business. Heck yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking about Jordan would like, I mean, just sell out in within minutes with everyone standing outside. So, I mean, I remember I had my yep. days, man, when I was a kid standing outside with my pops, me and him, lined up on a Saturday morning at 8 o'clock in the morning, lined up for some J's. So, we all... See, that's why, that's why he the sneakerhead, man. That's why he the sneakerhead. <laughs> oh, man. But exactly. you got to look at it, man. You know, the, the sneaker culture, man, has really changed, man, by Jordans, man. And Jordans has, has been, like, an inspiring, inspiring shoe. Uh, that a lot of like a lot of kids nowadays, um, you know, just have taken off with. Uh, and, and when you talk about the sneaker culture, man, it's 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 so crazy now, man. Jordans is like literally the highlight of the reason why there is a sneaker culture. If you if you think about the it, sneaker culture, yeah, yeah. facts. I'd agree. And Absolutely. to mention that too, man, as I mentioned, those Olympic sevens, uh, that was the first shoe that I ever camped out for. Wow. wow. That was the, like, wow, like, even you bringing that up, man, just like, I'm sitting here, you know, reveling at these Olympic sevens because Jordan was on a dream team, but also come full force that those were the first shoes that I ever camped out for. I was in North Carolina. I was like, I think I was 21 years old. I'm sitting out there <laughs> four o'clock in the morning waiting for the shoe store to open, something I've never done. Just to yeah. get a pair of shoes, man. So that does speak volumes to who Jordan was. Yeah. Now, just imagine, imagine if Jordan wouldn't have signed with Nike, but he would have signed with Adidas. Uh. Like, would everybody be rocking three stripes right now, dog? <laughs> yeah. How would they look? Yeah. How would they even have the jump the the jump man logo? Yeah. I wonder yeah. how it's crazy, yeah. man. I mean, is 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 just so crazy, man? Thinking about like, uh, you know, you know, uh, the commercial. I want to be like Mike. Remember that commercial? And yeah, the Gatorade man. commercial, yep. and mm-hmm. Mike got the the shoes on, and the next thing you know, literally, like everyone had the shoes on the next day. Spike, Spike Lee, Lee. <laughs> like, and let's Spike talk, bro, let's talk was, about yeah. Spike Lee, man. I mean, Spike Lee as well. Mars, Mars Black, bro. Mars, Mars Black, man. Yeah, Young Mars. Is it the Is shoes? It the shoes? <laughs> like, yeah. Come on, money. It's gotta be the shoes. <laughs> like, even in what, what yep. movie? What movie did Spike Lee have, man? Uh, do the do right, right thing. thing. Do the right thing. <laughs> the dude yep. rolled over the dude's shoes, but he was like, "Did you just roll over my Air Jordans?" You remember which one they were? Uh, the cement fours, the white cement fours. Yep. The greatest Jordans of yep. all time, in my in my uh, opinion, the white cement yeah, fours are the greatest Jordans of all time. But you know, we're not gonna get into I it. Per- yeah, I personally like that he got oh, yeah, game thirteen. Yeah, man. yeah, we know that. Yeah, um, and also. Did you guys ever rock uh, no. Team Jordan? No, sir. 
Um, don't no, don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. No, I, the team, Jordan, some fire the team Jordans used to be the shoe before they started retro in the 13s, the 12s, the 11s. Yeah. Like there were mm-hmm. some team Jordans that we see now that we didn't even consider yeah. them as team Jordans, but they were just still they were Jordans at the yep. time, you know. Mm-hmm. I know people that have that rocked them. Um, I can't. I, never, I rock. Yeah, them. I can't specifically I name never. the shoes, but Randy Moss. Randy Moss was. Randy Moss had a at, pair. Yep. My, Michael Finley was Lee rocking them. Exactly. The only ones that were nice. Ray. Ray Allen was rocking them. Yeah. You talking about? Yeah, Spizak was the only Spizak. ones that yeah. everyone that everyone would rock because they were they were the closest one to being dope. But that that came out more. Yeah, but that one came yeah, out more right. modern. Yeah. The ones I'm talking, the Team ones that Jordans was there, me, bro. I don't care what nobody. They say. were there. They were on the rise, bro. I completely agree. I remember like it was just facts. I, number one, they were affordable, and number two, we seen other athletes that were actually on this Jordan team brand. Yeah. So of course, you know they were they were the culture. Yeah, they were bringing that, the wave. So yeah, man, that meant something back exactly. then. Right now, something. it I mean, meant something. I ain't rocking no CP three. Oh, heck. Oh, nice. <laughs> nah, I ain't rock. I'm not even rocking no <laughs> mellow. No mellows. Mellows. <laughs> <laughs> well, Let me get these Blake Griffiths, bro. Negative. You got these Blake Griffiths in the tin? Like, nah, man. Come on, man. <laughs> the Russell Russell. Yeah, let me get the why not 2.0s. But no. to be, but to be honest with y'all, man, oh, man. You know, the sneaker culture, man, and the urban culture has combined, man, and it's, and it's been crazy for you know. For the times back oh, in the man, '90s man. and the early 2000s and into the time we're in right now, man, it's it's crazy, man. And I, I love it, man. I still rock sneakers to this day, man. I still got sneakers in the closet as of right now. All the Jordans, I don't. We believe I don't wear it, them all, but I still got them. <laughs> Absolutely, I fully believe it, though. Yeah, no question. Absolutely. Hey, man. Hey, look, guys. We're, we're gonna go ahead and take a shift, man. We're gonna talk about the image and the activism that Jordan has either played or did not take part in. Um, I think uh, personally, Jordan has always had a love hate relationship with his own people and that being the black community. And the reason why I say that is because you have uh, athletes and legends such as Muhammad Ali that really didn't put their career in front of who they were as a person. He was always, he was always a person that was upstanding and, and put his people first. Mm-hmm. So I think the greatest example that he displayed, and this being Muhammad Ali, was during the military draft, there was a war going on. I can't remember which one, uh, but it may have been, I think it was Vietnam, the Vietnam War. It was one of them. Um, but, yeah, it was one of them. Uh, forgive me to any veterans out there listening, but um, Muhammad Ali said, I'm not, I'm not entering this draft because I don't believe this bully of a country to go overseas and bully and kill off other people that are not even messing with us. So, um, of course, Muhammad Ali was, uh, I believe he was thrown in jail for that and eventually released, but he stood his ground. Yeah. But on the other hand, we have other icons such as Jordan, who even on a smaller scale, not to the magnitude of going to war, but we have, there's obviously an issue in this country with black on black crime. Mm -hmm. But it just makes it a little bit more of an eerie feeling when it becomes about clothing. Yeah. You know, I don't know about you guys, but last time I checked, you know, having people get shot over shoes, mm-hmm. I, I get it. They're, they're, they're one of a kind. They're beautiful. They, they look dope. But 
it's not that it's not that deep. Yeah. Um, but when these type of instances occur and it being behind the Jordan brand, Jordan's name is all on it. So people are eventually going to turn their eyes and lift their eyebrows up to him to say, hey, look, what you doing this? Yeah. What are you doing? I, I mean, we get it. This is this is going into your pocket. This is your money, but not at the expense of losing lives. Yes. Um, and I just wanted to touch base, you know, get get your, your guys' brains running to see what do, you, what do you guys think about that man i'm gonna be honest with you my mind with this was running because when the last dance first um started to you know catch headway i was asking i got curious man i would ask uh, many of people i would ask people of different ages i asked my mother i asked my father i asked a, a lot of different people like yo what was michael jordan like who was michael jordan and mm-hmm. I found that the older generation of people were saying that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Michael Jordan was a good basketball player, but it was always a but because he didn't do the things that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did, you know, standing up for his people using his platform. Muhammad Ali mm-hmm. standing up for his platform. And it was specific when Muhammad Ali said, I can't even go in certain restaurants and eat. So why would I go fight the war that I can't even go at a restaurant and eat with y'all? You know, absolutely. He stood up for his people because of the platform that he used, you know. Mm-hmm. So when it came to Michael Jordan and when Michael Jordan failing to put his name out there polit- po- uh, politically endorsing, of course, the situation that we're talking about um, was against Harvey Gantt. Um, he was in, in the 1990s uh, Senate race. He was a black man from North Carolina going up against Jesse Helms, who at the time, everyone knew that he was, you know what I'm saying, he was on the side of a lot of racist, you know what I'm saying, rhetoric during that time, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. by saying like, well, we're going to segregate our schools, but we're going to give them the choice to if they want to or not, you know, and it was a lot of obvious ways that people knew that he was, you know, pro-racism and different things of that sort. So as a as an opportunity to promote a black man for his community, Michael Jordan failed to do so, but he did send him a check and he did endorse him with his money, but he didn't do it right. publicly because what, what did Jordan say? He said, I'm not going to, you know what I'm saying, put my name out for a guy that I don't even know, which is understandable, you know, Absolutely. which is understandable. We wouldn't see um, Jordan being a majority team owner in the NBA right now if Jordan would have took that stand at the age of 27, you know? So Absolutely. we can understand it on both sides of the aisle there. Um, but that does give us the an expedience now as far as like when we talk about LeBron, when we talk about a major icon athlete like that, to be able to step out and talk about the issues that are going on racially and injustice mm-hmm. that's happening in the communities, that's why some will consider LeBron James a greater athlete than Michael Jordan. Yeah, and, and, and I realize even now, I mean, we have some athletes that are willing to risk their career, such as Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I think that's he's probably the greatest example out of all of them. Um, and, and I think it's fair to say that he doesn't have that backing uh, or that support that LeBron has. LeBron is the face of the NBA. Face. And, uh, Colin, Ka- Colin Kaepernick was not the face of the NFL. So, yeah. It was easy for them to ball him up and throw him in a trash can. However, <laughs> Facts. he knew he that. Knew. He knew yeah. that. So it, it was just about what he put priority on, and he put his his people above his career, which is respectable. Yeah. Um, 
as far as Jordan goes, I get it, man. Like you said, I understand, I understand both sides of the aisle. And if you don't know what you're talking about or don't know what you're getting into, it's best it's to man, just keep quiet. quiet. Yeah. Um, but I think I think when he gave, you know, that financial uh, endorsement, that was proof in the pudding that, hey, look, I'm just trying to quiet you guys down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get out of my head. Yeah. So, um, at, 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 hey, look, we appreciate your money endorsement, but sometimes we need a face. We need a voice instead. But to his, you know, to his credit, he he didn't know what to say. He doesn't. He didn't have that education in politics. Yeah, so can't. you can't be too mad at him. But sometimes you wonder, like, hey, is is money more? You know, it's six one way half a is dozen money- another man. You know. Absolutely. Six one way, half a dozen another man, and, and it's tough for it's, it's, it's uh, you know, going back to what Caleb was saying, you know, I asked my mom and I asked my pops, you know, because I, you know, of course they were born in the time, and they were around that era, and uh, you know, I was asking my mom how she felt about it. And she gave actually a, a perfect statement behind it, and um, <laughs> what she what she said was, public figures can play a key role and directing the discourse by using their platforms to bring attention to issues facing these mm-hmm. marginalized communities. Athletes such as Michael, with his fame and adoration, clearly possessed a clout to advocate for the voiceless. And, you know, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree with her. Um, you know, Mike does have a voice. You know, his game speaks a lot uh, on the court, but as well off the court, he's... I mean, he's Michael, man. He's Michael Jordan. Everyone loves him. Everyone wants to be like him, you know. And everyone's always watching him. And he always had to be. He always had to has that switch turned on when he steps outside of his outside of his house or wherever he's leaving the arena. So mm-hmm. for him to, you know, to voice his opinion or, you know, it, it's it, it can be very heavy to anybody um, to saying something or to saying nothing. Yes, the money. The money was cool. The money was great. But at the end of the day, I think people wanted to hear more of a voice behind what he really had to say, regardless on, you know, on Gantt and supporting Gantt. And I kind of look at it as this right here, man. Athletes, man, they have the right uh, to to actually be into politics or they don't want to be in politics. It's up to them. Um, you know, we get a lot of we get a lot of superstars today and a lot of superstars who are really, you know, are into politics. Like, yeah, of, of course, and speaks all on the court and speaks off the court. LeBron James is one. He's the biggest one mm-hmm. I always go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, he mm-hmm. speaks so heavily. and He speaks so much mm-hmm. into how, what he believes. And he even tweets out. And, you know, of course, like to our, our own president we are in today, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Donald Trump himself, yeah. he will speak out to him if he has to. So, I mean, it's cool, man. But sometimes I also feel like, you know, Michael has a great point. His craft is his craft. He believes in his craft and he wants to perfect his craft. So he has no time to to dive into something that he knows nothing about. So it's to me, it's a, it's a 50, 50 ball yeah. game. Yeah. And I just love that. I, yeah, I love I that comment that your mother made, man, as far as like, he was a voice to the voiceless. Now in that time, man, we see this dude, Jordan, this dude, Jordan had people. He was a global icon. You know what I'm saying? In the mm. world of sports, in the world of media, like it was just Jordan, you know? So mm-hmm. if maybe if Jordan would have not maybe have endorsed, you know, the politician, but still may not have agreed with the the ideologies of being able to, you know, what I'm saying go against or for um, 
someone who pro proposes racism in a way nationally on TV, you can do the same thing by having your, you know what I'm saying, your voice about it that could have possibly sent the shockwave into being like, look, man, we all understand that, you know what I'm saying, we're all people in this nation, you know what I'm saying, I have fans that are white, I have fans that are black, I have, you know what I'm saying, blah, 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 Zay, he even go on to saying that Republicans buy shoes too, you know, like, yeah. so, you know what I'm saying, you could tell at the time he had an opinion about it, you know what I'm saying? But he was like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to risk my personal brand or what I'm building because I don't know the the peak of it. You know what I'm saying? Again, you know, who knows at 27 years old, I'm not sure if I would if I was on that particular stage, I believe that I would have something to say. You know what I'm saying? But I, that's just me. I, I don't know, man. It's just yeah. It's just amazing to that we are able to have that conversation um, regarding Michael Jordan, his platform, and also later on in the episodes, we saw that it ain't easy nah, being MJ. Nah. <laughs> it's not. It won't easy being MJ, man. <laughs> yeah, he even he even talked about how he couldn't wait yeah, to get out of the lifestyle crazy. that he was, that was crazy. Yep. And and that yep. and I'm sorry guys that even brings to the point now I even heard like seeing reports that like we don't even see Jordan at the NBA games bro like this is the greatest basketball of all time and we see him now in his later years really being a recluse like he's a recluse bro like we don't really see Jordan at a lot of uh, signings he rarely shows up when Zion signed his Jordan contract was the first time we really started to see Jordan in another country promoting his brand still you know so that's yeah. what how long was that from 85 to what 8 9 what 2003 uh, yeah, his I'm entire career yeah yeah, it's tough being in a spotlight for that long, man. So, um, just to have a few at that magnitude, that magnitude, yeah. just to have a few blemishes on his record, man, speaks to him as a person. Speaks to his camp. Speaks to his team, like the people that he had around him, his mother, his father. So, man, that's always um, that's always good. And uh, guys, I appreciate these topics, man, because that just brings us to this. Ep these episodes was really not even. It was just a turning point, you know, it was a turning point for us to be able to look at Jordan in multiple ways to still see him as the greatest basketball of all basketball player of all time. But still being able to allude to his character, to who he was as a person, to who he is to us as basketball players as well. So it's just great, man. I appreciate you guys and your topics. Absolutely, man. I, I enjoyed this. Uh, I enjoyed this episode, man. Yes, Five or six. Yes, definitely. That was uh it was amazing. I might man. even give him another good. watch, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And I'm going to check out that Soul Man, yes, too. Yes, I'm going to allude to that again, man. You guys, please just check out Soul Man, S-O-L-E-M-A-N, and you'll kind of be brought up to speed with uh, LeBron's contract, Jordan's contract, Kobe's contract, you know. Just, I mean, it's just a lot of knowledge out there that we love to research and that we love to, you know, gain knowledge with as we get better too. So, guys, we thank you again for choosing in and tuning into the fast break. Again, my name is Coach K, Caleb Henderson. I got my brothers here with me. And uh, y'all know what it is, man. We're going to sign out. But before we sign out, we're going to do a little bit something different. Uh, we do have a word of the day for everybody to be able to, you know, let's sharpen our minds as we listen to the fast man, break. Man, we're going to scratch words the day today, man. We're going to go with a motivational quote from my man, Michael, man, himself, man. Uh, you know, a quote that I, it's number okay. one. Uh, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've all... I've also lost almost 300 games 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and miss. I failed over and over and over again in my life, and that's why I succeeded.
And then, honestly, man, take this with you, man, and realize and just understand this quote, man. Uh, to me, it means a lot. It's, it says that, man, no matter how hard you try, you know, you will fail. But as long as you keep trying and keep trying and just keep proving that you are worthy, man, you will succeed like my man, Michael. Nice, man. Dope. Greatly appreciated that, bro. Greatly appreciated that. You already know what it is, man. This is the fast break. We'll catch you guys again, man. Peace. Peace.